Tonight, I would like you to turn in your Bibles. Uh, let me give you a, a little bit of a, I'll slow down the pace a little bit. Let's turn in our Bibles to uh, the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to look in 1 Corinthians. And um, man, uh, this, this um, has been stirring in my heart for a couple weeks. And I can't seem to get away from it. I don't really want to get away from it. But uh, even if I wanted to, uh, I can't seem to get away from it. So uh, I believe that the Lord would have us tonight to study uh, for just a few minutes on the subject of love. And uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to probably focus in on verse 4 through 8, but uh, I'm going to read uh, probably first of all in the Passion Translation, I'll be getting, uh, reading with the very first verse uh, of uh, 1 uh, Corinthians 13. So 1 Corinthians 13 is what we call the great love chapter, and uh, it, it tells us about love. Love is eternal and love is enduring love is eternal and love is enduring enduring in other words uh, love will never go away a lot of things fade away a lot of things uh, go out of existence even spiritual things like we're, we're learning here we'll learn uh, or touch on tonight in first Corinthians 13 you know prophecy will fade away knowledge will fade away um, but these three endure faith hope and love and the, but the greatest of these is love so love is actually the greatest thing in the world, is uh, love, the love of God. And this kind of love, one of the reasons that it's the greatest thing in the world is, you know, if you're going to get anything from God, you're going to get it from God by faith. But faith works by love. So uh, love is greater than faith because your faith will not work without love. And um, love is really the greatest thing in the world. And then uh, faith, hope, and love, these three things. Hope, uh, hope is the substance, uh, excuse me, faith is the substance of things hoped for, uh, the evidence of things not seen. So really your faith's not going to work until you have some hope. And then uh, once you have some hope, then you can have some faith. But then your faith's not going to work until you have love. And so love is the greatest thing. And really, uh, Henry Drummond wrote a book called uh, The Greatest Thing in the World. Love, the greatest thing in the world. And it really is the greatest thing in the world. And love that we're talking about is probably not what first comes to your mind when you think love. Because in our culture, and really probably around the world, love is defined as what, how do you make me feel? Uh, what's it going to do for me? I love you because you're beautiful right? Because I like to look at you, uh, you know, a, a romantic relationship would say. I love you because you do these things for me. I love you because you buy these things for me. But this is a natural human love. This is not what the Bible uh, is describing in 1 Corinthians 13. So I want to tell you what the Greek word for love in 1 Corinthians 13 is because, uh, for me at least, it helps so much when I hear a different word because even as long as I've been studying the love of God, your mind can still go to this natural love that really can be selfish and uh, can be very um, uh, evil. Uh, so the Greek word is the word agape, and that, that is the love of God. And so we're talking about here, this is what agape does, or the love of God does. The love of God, or agape, is patient. So love might not be patient as we understand love in our culture, but agape, maybe, maybe the best way to say it would be agape love is patient. Mm -hmm. 
right? Agape love is kind. Agape love is not self-centered, but it's the other person-centered. I like Wee's translation uh, actually says that this is the kind of love or the agape love that will cause you to deny yourself for the sake of the one that you are loving with this agape, right? And so this is agape love. This is God's love or the God kind of love. So agape love is night and day difference from natural human love. Natural human love will say, you know, to the, the, your children as they're growing up and getting way, ready to leave home, don't leave me, stay with me, I got to have you here, I don't want you to go. Well, I don't want my children to go, like in the flesh, but the love of God is always looking for what is best for the other person. What is best for that? You know, I had an acquaintance, and I don't want to say too much because I don't want to, if the acquaintance sees this, I don't want to, them to feel like uh, cornered or anything. But I had an acquaintance, and um, their uh, mother just continually sheltered them. And anytime that they wanted to do something with friends, then the mother wanted to be involved and the mother wouldn't let them do. And we're not talking somebody that was like 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. I'm talking like someone that was in their, in their early 20s and then to mid-20s and then late 20s. And, you know, uh, the mother was always involved and never really let them kind of be their own person. And so um, uh, that individual uh, was... Um, their development was delayed. And so they didn't really even know how to interact with a lot of people real well and these type of things. But I, I can almost guarantee you, you know, I had talked with the mother a few times. If you talk to the mother, she would say, well, I just love them so much that I just want to be with them and those type of things. But that was not agape love. That was natural human love. And, and that can be so... Um, uh, emotional and so centered on how I feel about you rather than how God feels about you, what's best for you, that it can actually do damage. And so the God kind of love or uh, agape love is always looking what is best for the other person. How can I help the other person? I don't have to, I don't have to be recognized I don't have to be even acknowledged. You don't have to say like, wow, you did a great thing. Uh, because what I want you to experience is this God kind of love. In other words, this is the heart of this kind of love. Uh, Jesus, Jesus modeled this and manifested it. And he, he was this love. He is this love. When you, saw, when you see him uh, give up every, his, his uh, position in heaven and not really give it up, but lay it to the side so that everything that he did in the earth, he didn't do as all-powerful God, but he did it as a man, as God, as man, so that he could do it perfectly and completely as a man, so that uh, the claims of justice would be completely, totally fulfilled, and that the power of the devil would be utterly and um, to the greatest extent possible removed and destroyed over mankind. Jesus did that because of love. Jesus suffered on the cross because of love. You know, you could say that the cross of Jesus Christ says love. 
and the resurrection says power. And some people uh, want to skip over the cross, which is love, and go straight to the resurrection, which is power. I heard T.L. Osborne say one time, power without love can be brutal and evil. He said, just look at Hitler, look at Mussolini, look at Stalin. These men had power, but they did not have agape love. And look what they did. Look at the lives they destroyed. Look at the torture that they, that they brought, right? So the, the cross says, I love you. In other words, I love you. I am denying myself. Uh, uh, I'm denying even in the flesh uh, living without pain. I am denying even my spirit, not living separated from God, Jesus said, because he said, oh my God, my God, why have you forsaken me, right? Because Jesus uh, died on that cross for you and for me because he loved us, right? In other words, he gave up his rights. He didn't have to do that. And they did not take his life. He said, I freely gave it up. Why? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever, whoever believed in him, would not perish, but have life eternal or everlasting life. Or what would happen is the life of God and the nature of God would come into the earth in our day, right? 2,000 years ago when Jesus did that, he made, he broke, busted through the veil that separated time from eternity, even in the natural, the veil itself, which the historians say was like a foot thick, and I think it was like 18 feet high, it ripped in two from top to bottom so that you could not say some man did this. No, it's like the angels grabbed hold and this thing ripped open and it ripped open and gave mankind access to the very heart of God and to the very throne of God, to the holiest place in existence. And when that happened, heaven met earth right? Heaven came down to earth. And so when uh, Romans 5, 5 says that the love of God is poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, that that love comes when the Holy Spirit comes and recreates us. The love of God comes in such abundance that we are overflowing with love. And Jesus taught us, he said that the reason that we love is because we were first loved. And so you see some sometimes people, maybe you may even notice yourself, if you're having a difficult time loving people or you see someone that's really that uh, they are a believer but they're not loving people they've never embraced the love of God that has come into their hearts they've never yielded to that love or they haven't yielded as they should yield to that love and let that love dominate them because that love will change your entire perspective on life that love will cause you to stop being so centered on yourself and it'll cause you to be centered and focused on what's good for the other person how can I help the other person? I, the love of God is one of the is, is probably the most and the greatest thing in the world. The love of God. You, you, you've got to embrace the love of God in order to live a fulfilling life and a satisfying life. The love of God, once you receive the love that God has poured in you, you embrace that love, you recognize that love, and you live in light of that love. When you do that, when I do that, my insecurities fall away. In other words, if I know that God 
who is all-powerful, all-knowing, and is always everywhere. There's no place I can go where he is not. If I go to heaven, he's there. If I go to the very pit of hell, he's there. Even there, he's there. Every direction I go, Psalm 139, God is there. In other words, he's all-powerful, all-knowing, all-present, and he loves me. And if I know, and not only does he love me, <clears throat> he loves me so much. He didn't just say, hey, I'm not uh, going to uh, let you go to hell. I'm not going to send you to hell. Uh, you know, God doesn't send anybody to hell. Did you know that? God sends no one to hell. Somebody said, well, you don't believe anybody goes to hell? Oh, no. Uh, it, it's, it saddens me to know that people go to hell. But that is because they chose to reject the, the love of God and the Son of God. As many as received him, to them he gave the right to be the children of God. God so loved the world that he gave. Uh, he doesn't desire that any would perish. So he made a way for all to come to him. But because God is love, love does not force. Uh, let, me, let me correct that or, 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 or uh, amplify that. Agape love will not force you. So the love of God does not force people to do something. The love of God compels us. The love of God draws us in. The love of God shows us that we don't have to perform in order to get God to love us or to like us, but because God is love, He does love us. He does care for us, and He has invited us not just to skip hell, but He has invited us and, 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 and um, done everything possible that can be done for us to see the way to become a part of his family so that now when we look to him, we're not looking at an authoritarian God that we are called to serve and do his bidding, but we are looking at a loving father who has, 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 has moved heaven and earth and hell out of the way to get to our heart so we could get to his heart, right? He loves us so much. And this love will transform your life if you ever recognize and yield to it and you allow it to dominate you. Do you know this love can dominate you? I, I quoted, the love of God constrains us because we judge this way. <clears throat> if one died for all, then we're all dead, right? In other words, and, and uh, they, that they that were dead should live and live to him. I'm, I'm kind of just paraphrasing it. But the love of God constrains us so that you can have this love dictate your thoughts and your actions and the, the very direction of your life. Uh, uh, you know, some sometimes... Uh, we get hung up in the, the first uh, in First Corinthians thirteen, um, the First Corinthians thirteen right there. There is a section that really is discussing um, pride and arrogance and and being puffed up and that 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 whole um, portion of scripture. which is not in my notes. So, Evie, would you go get my laptop? It's in the, inside the kitchen. Uh, apparently, it didn't transfer over. So, that whole portion of Scripture that we're talking about, and I'll just turn right here uh, in my paper Bible, just so I have that reference. 
that whole portion of scripture where Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is giving us this vivid description of love, says, um, starting with, well, actually, we'll just start with verse 4. Love, or the love of God, or agape love, uh, suffers long and is kind. Agape love does not envy. Agape love, uh, King James, is, this is why I did a different translation, uh, vaunts not itself or uh, doesn't put itself up in front of and above other people. Let me log on real quick here. You know, you can know this is live, right? I did not edit this out because this is actually happening right now. All right, there's a lot more here than, than this right there. <laughs> it's supposed to sink, but it didn't sink. All right, let me see if I can do it so you can still see my face. Um, okay, uh, so this love um, in Passion Translation, uh, verse 4, does not envy since it's non-possessive. This is not passion. This is uh, <laughs> Hayford. I have passion, but I'll go, to, I'll go back to passion in a second. Um, I'm reading that like, this sounds like Hayford. Uh, love suffers long, verse 4, having patience with imperfect people. Love is kind, active in doing good, does not envy since it is non-possessive and non-competitive. It actually wants other people to get ahead. Hence, it does not parade itself. Love has a self-effacing quality. It is not ostentatious. That just means it doesn't try to be out front and put itself out front. Hey, look at me, look at me. Love is not puffed up, treating others arrogantly. It, it does not behave rudely, um, but it displays good manners and courtesy. It does not seek its own. So there's this whole section right here that the Holy Spirit had Paul uh, inspired, uh, as I say, Pastor Paul, but he said Pastor Paul. Pastor Paul right? Uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, because love is not puffed up. And so sometimes I think we think of love and we're like, okay, love is patient. I'm going to be patient. Love is kind. I'm going to be more kind. Um, you know, love endures. Okay, I'm going I'm to endure. I'm going to endure through it. But we don't realize that love doesn't brag. And love doesn't put itself out front saying, hey, everybody, look at me, right? Uh, this kind of love... This agape love will set you free. This agape love will set you free. Because you realize if you're trying to show yourself above other people, if you're puffed up and you're trying to show, like, you know, those, those blowfish, are they called? Those puffy fish, like they want to make themselves look really big to intimidate you. Do you know there are blowfish people? Puff fish, whatever you call them. I don't know what they're called. Puffers? or I don't know what they're called. But you know, like... They inflate themselves. That's, in, that's why some translations literally say love is not inflated or it's not inflated with its own importance or its own value. Uh, the love of God. So if you receive this kind of love, if you know, wait, my Father in heaven has a love for me that is not based on my performance. It doesn't matter how good I do this job. It does not affect his love for me because he is love and his love is patient and his love is kind and his love is enduring and his love is not expressed to try to show himself bigger than me, right? This is the God agape kind of love. This is agape and this is awesome. 
And so this will set you free because if you embrace and you live out this love, you don't have to show yourself over other people because when you know God loves you, what does it matter what anybody thinks of you, right? Because you know the ultimate in authority and the ultimate in character and the ultimate in justice. He loves you and he knows you every fault, every failure, everything that you have done that you think is nasty. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So in light of all of your actions and failures and inabilities to produce the right results, he saw that and he didn't say, get away from me. You don't belong here. He said, come all who are weak and full of burdens, heavy laden, and I will give you rest because I love you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so the love of God is such freedom in life. It just just wrap your open up your arms and say you know what I, I'm gonna I am gonna embrace the love of God I'm gonna let that love flow in me and through me and then you don't have to get the credit and you don't have to be recognized because you have been recognized and you know Him and then you know what uh, somebody said there is no telling what you can accomplish if you don't care who gets the credit, right? For the one who doesn't care who gets the credit, uh, there is no end to what they can do. Why? Because they're not focused on themselves. In fact, uh, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole uh, Bible and in the New Testament, I'm going to turn over there real quick. You may know what it is if you've been part of the church for a while. Um, but of course, I say pretty much everything's my favorite. Uh, anyhow, this is... Um, Philippians chapter 3, or excuse me, chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, verse 21. Um, I'm going to actually start reading with verse 20. This is Paul speaking about Timothy, his son in the faith. Uh, for I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. All, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. But you know the proof of him that as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. Think about that. In light of what we, we just read and what, I, what I've just been ministering on, that as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. How, how, how awesome as a son of our heavenly father, a daughter of our heavenly father, when we see ourselves that way, when we function in that role, we will naturally care for the state of others. And not only that, we will serve in the gospel of the son of God, right? When you, when you recognize your position of sonship and you understand, wait a minute, God is my father. And if anyone knows how to love, he knows how to love. If anyone knows how that love will protect and love will defend, it is him. So God will protect you. God will defend you. God is not saying, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. You got to get it done. Got to get it done. Got the pre I got the pressure on you. Oh, no. God is patient and his love endures and his love is lasting. All right. Let me go back and let me read um, the Passion Translation since I, since I have it now. From 1 Corinthians 13, I'm going to begin reading in verse 1, and we're just going to close real soon here, and uh, we're, not going to, we're not going to take too long, uh, but, but this, this is just um, 
the love of God. God. God himself is love. Do you know a study in love is a study about God? It's a study in God. It's study in the things of God, in the ways of God, in the nature of God. When, when you are born again, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, If any man be in Christ, or you could say, uh, Amplified says, be uh, in union with Christ. If any man, or excuse me, Amplified says, if any man be engrafted into Christ, he is a new creature. Another translation says, if any man be in union with Christ, he is a new creation. Uh, old things have passed away. Behold, stop, look, take it in, right? Uh, um, open your eyes and your heart to what has happened. Uh, behold this. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. All things have become new. In other words, somebody wants to, you know, especially family sometimes, they want to be like, well, you did this and you did that and da 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 da. No, no. The, the man or the woman who did those things, if they have been born again, is dead. That person went to the cross and died with Christ. But then you were risen again, brand new, new slate, clean slate, uh, with Christ, right? So we were buried with Him, and we have also risen with Him. This is good stuff, right? This is awesome stuff. You know, put this in your pipe and smoke it, and it might blow your natural way of thinking out of the water, right? You'd be like... You know, I don't know if I'm doing that right because by the grace of God, I never was on drugs, never took any drugs besides like, you know, things that were prescribed, you know, but uh, I've read about it and heard about it, you know, and, you know, heard people joke about it. So uh, that's a testimony to the grace of God. Uh, the, the, thank God, thank God. All right. Uh, verse one, I better get to doing this, right? If I were to speak with eloquence in earth's many languages and in heavenly tongues of angels, the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. My words would be reduced to the hollow sound of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. I'm sure you've experienced if you've been alive for very long where someone maybe was trying to tell you how much they know, maybe even about the Bible or the Word of God or the things of God or the ways of God or the move of God, yet their words seemed hollow. Do you know that the substance of words spoken in faith and love uh, is very weighty? In other words, you'll kind of go away and be like, man, something... I feel more built up. I feel expanded after that time of, uh, 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 of uh, uh, sharing from the Word. Uh, I feel different. Well, that's because faith and love delivered the, the, the anointing and the anointing delivered to you a meal from heaven. That's probably the best way to say it. A meal that was prepared in heaven was delivered by a man or woman of God who, who let God flow through them, who yielded to him uh, so that they could flow. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Verse 2, And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains but have never learned love I am nothing isn't that amazing all that but if you've never learned love tonight let's make a decision every one of us 
I will learn the love of God. The love of God is not something that I produce or you produce or someone else produces. God is love and that love comes into the heart of the believer. The second you believe, that love comes on the inside of you. But just because that love is on the inside of us doesn't mean that that love is our impotence for how we operate. It's, it's, doesn't, it's not necessarily even our inspiration for how we operate. It's not necessarily what drives us and what focuses us. Why is that? For the believer, I thought you said all things are made new. Yeah, all things are made new, but the the... Those are all spiritual things because you still have a, a mind that is filled with all kind of natural thoughts that may line up with the Word of God or may not. Romans 12, 2 says that we are to be as believers completely transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the only way that happens is through the Word of God. The Bible talks about the washing of water by the Word. And so that Word will excuse me, transform us as much as metamorphosis transforms a caterpillar into a butterfly. As much as you would look at that butterfly and say, that is a different kind of creature. That's a new kind of creature from a caterpillar. Well, the Word of God will transform your thinking so much. And then your thinking is how your whole course of life is directed because your thinking precedes your speech. And James said that what you say actually directs your life like a rudder on a ship, that you can turn the course of your life by what you speak and what you say. All right, um, I, I could go, obviously do a whole, new, a whole nother message there. Verse 3, and if I were to be so generous as to give away everything that I own to feed the poor and offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motivation or the pure motive of love, I would gain nothing of value. So love has a motivation and love's motivation is not to be seen by other people, but love's motivation is to help and to sow, and to give, and to sacrifice, right? Just look at the life of Jesus. Look at the life. He said, he said, him that would lead, let him serve. He said, I came uh, to serve. I came to love, and love will serve. Love is large, verse 4, and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous. In other words, love's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let that gratify my flesh, that jealousy. I'm not going to let the trying to be above other people. That's a gratification of the flesh. It's a lust of the flesh. Just, just turn away from it. Let love dominate, right? Let love dominate. Love, it refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. If you are a child today, a young person today, if you are below the age of 18 or you're above the age of 18, if you're below 18, I'm talking to you right now. If you get a hold of this love, this will change the course and the direction of your life. You, you, you put this into practice today with your brothers, with your sisters, with your friends, with your neighbors, with your parents, um, with uh, the authorities at school, with authorities at church, wherever you go, wherever you interact. Uh, you, you put this into your life. Let this kind of love dominate you. I shouldn't say put it in your life. It's in your life, but learn, like he said, learn this kind of love. You're learning about a lot of things. Put this first.
uh, learn about this because in learning about this, you're learning about God. And in learning about this, this kind of love, verse 8 says, never fails. This love will never, will never fail. This love will never fail because God will never fail. And this kind of love is what God is. God is love. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about its own achievements or inflate its own importance. Hey, hey guys, look what I did, look what I did, right? That's not the love of God. The love of God is look what you did. That is awesome what you did. Love will find a way to prop somebody else up. Well, somebody said, well, what what about me? What about me? If you walk in this kind of love, uh, he that humbles himself, God will exalt. And when God exalts you, let me tell you, you're exalted. (laughs) You're lifted up, right? Uh, Love does not brag about its own achievement or or inflate its own importance. It does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. It is not easily irritated. Ouch, right? (laughs) Right? I said that just for or quick to take offense. It's not quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing. Listen to this. Love never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure, listen to this, listen to this, love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never gives up. Verse 8, love never stops loving. So if somebody stopped loving you, I'll tell you right now, that was not agape, (laughs) right? If you stopped loving somebody, that was not agape. Uh, The love of God is awesome. The love of God will change your perspective on yourself and other people. Let the love of God dominate you. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you so much for loving us with an eternal love. We thank you for loving us with your agape love that is not of this world or from this world, but that is from another world, and it is from the spiritual world. For you are a spirit, and we that worship you and draw near to you must worship and draw near to you uh, with our spirits. I, Father, I thank you that you have poured your love overflowing into our spirits by your spirit. Thank you that you've given us this love uh, that we can love others with. Father, I pray that the words that we looked at from your word tonight, your words, Father, that they would penetrate deep within our hearts, that they would resonate and that they would echo as we go to bed uh, later tonight, as we wake up tomorrow. Father, that every one of us, that we would let your love dominate us, that with the constraining power of your love, that we would give in to that constraining love, that we would allow that love to flow in us and through us. Father, that we would see ourselves the way you see us, through the lens of your love that we would see ourselves, and through the lens of your love that we would see others. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us your love. And thank you for giving us your love in such uh, abundance and in such portion that we can give that love away and allow that love to flow through us. In Jesus' name I pray. 
I pray that our love would abound more and more in knowledge and in all judgment, that we would approve things that are excellent, that we would be discerning concerning love. Father, uh, that we'd be without offense uh, till the day of Christ, that we'd be sincere and pure, that we wouldn't be clouded up with other things, but that, Father, we would let your pure love dominate us. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If you're watching tonight and you have, you don't, you're like, wow, I don't, I can't even believe something like that exists. Uh, I've never experienced anything like that. Do you know uh, the world doesn't have this kind of love? The world does not offer this kind of love. The world is not acquainted and does not know this kind of love because this love comes from God alone. God is the source of this love. Uh, God is this kind of love. And I want to invite you to get acquainted with God tonight. If you've never come into the family of God, um, you know, I talked to some people one time, even in my own extended family, and we were talking about Jesus and the life of Christ and uh, spending eternity in heaven, uh, because you're gonna spend eternity either in heaven or in hell, and God does not want you to spend eternity in hell. That's why Jesus died, so you could escape hell itself, and you could escape uh, hell on earth, but hell also after your life on earth. God loves you. And, uh, you know, my extended family is talking with them. Well, they say, well, I've just always known Jesus. No, you can't always know Jesus. If you, at a young age, uh, your spirit's alive to the things of Christ and alive to Christ, but there becomes an age where you're, you're uh, you know, accountable. Paul talks about the age of accountability is what we describe it as. I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. In other words, I realized, whoa, uh, I, I need a Savior. And so if that's you tonight, if you realized, I need a Savior, uh, I need this kind of love, I want this kind of love in my life, uh, God has uh, sent Jesus to pay the price so you can have this kind of love. The Bible says that if you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, when He was on that cross, He took your sins and my sins and uh, he conquered them. He paid the price for them and he rose again uh, once we were declared right with God. And that if we would believe that God raised him from the dead like that, and that if we would confess him as our Lord or take him as our Lord and say, Jesus, you are my Lord, that we would be saved. It really is that simple. The key to it is that you do it from your heart. You believe it in your heart. If you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, you will be saved. I'm going to pray a prayer in just a second. And if you want to pray that prayer with me, I want you to make a decision right now in your heart in three seconds. Three, two, one. Decide. I'm going to respond to the call of the Spirit of God. I'm going to respond to the call of love. And I'm going to pray right now. And you just pray after me and believing in your heart and saying with your mouth what I'm going to say. Just repeat after me. Say, Oh God, I'm coming to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. And that you raised Him from the dead. Once I was made right with you. Jesus, come into my life. I receive you now. As my Lord, as my Savior, I am now born again. In Jesus' name, amen.